Has the pandemic reshaped our view of artificial intelligence, robots, and automation? I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Kate Darling, author, expert in robot ethics, and research specialist at the MIT Media Lab. Welcome, Kate. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome back. Uh, give, a, give our audience a brief summary of your journey through the world of robotics, if you will. My journey through the world of robotics. Well, so I didn't start out in robotics. I have a legal and social sciences background, but I've always been very interested in how systems shape society and law and social sciences are one type of system and technology is another type of system that has a lot of influence on society. So I kind of gradually made my way over to robotics because I've always been fascinated by robots, but also I think that robots are a very unique type of technology that um, has a particular impact on our behavior. So let's talk about what's happening right now. So as you look at the burning issues related to AI, robots, and automation that occupied our, occupied our attention maybe a year ago compared to today, are there any major differences? Do you mean in terms of we're in a pandemic now? <laughs> That's a good place to start. Um, I think that, so the pandemic, what I've noticed uh, since the pandemic started is that there's a lot less fear of um, robots replacing human work and a lot more hope that robots will replace human work. And I think both are very misguided. Um, you know, people are saying, well, now that we can't have human contact or people can't do XYZ because it's not safe. Can we get robots to do it? Um, we, we're often comparing robots to humans and wanting, you know, robots to take over human tasks, which is not the best use case for robotics. Robots are a tool. They function very differently from humans. Artificial intelligence is not like human intelligence at all. The skill sets that robots have are very different. And so I think that whether we're worrying that robots are going to automate our jobs or whether we're hoping that they're going to automate our jobs, that's not the right way to be thinking about robotics. And I, I always like to make an example of um, animals, using animals as an analogy and thinking about the ways that we've harnessed these skill sets in the past that are different from ours and how we've used animals as a partner in what we're trying to achieve and use them as well, tools, unfortunately, but that, that is how we've used them. And that is how we should think, be thinking about robots and AI in this new world as well. Let's go deeper into that. You know, you started with the pandemic and, and the pandemic has certainly ravaged the economy and, and disrupted employment. So you talk about it being different. What are the ethical questions that, that maybe a C-level executive should consider as they decide whether to continue cost-saving automation or offer displaced workers the chance to perform some of that work? Well, I think you said the key word here, which is decide. I think we sometimes succumb to this technological determinism that automation is coming and it replaces jobs in a certain way. Uh, but it's really important to understand that companies do have choices, both in how they automate things, how they think about using technology, but also we as a society have some choices in the political and economic systems that drive company choices. So for example, if you look at how um, warehouse workers 
are kind of made into robots today. We don't have full automation in warehouses. We don't even have full automation in most manufacturing plants. You know, Elon Musk tried to automate his Tesla factory and failed miserably because there are certain things that people are still necessary for they, that, that the machines can't do. But companies have started trying to make the humans kind of a cog in the wheel. They have these scan guns, they count down the seconds to every task. They're just kind of, they're, they, they are one more part of the automation and the companies I think are hoping, hoping that eventually they can automate away these pesky human workers, right? But there's, that's not the only way to think about human labor. If you look at, for example, the United States Patent and Trademark Office, uh, they have been looking into using artificial intelligence for patent examination. Now, the problem in the patent system, sorry, I have a legal background, so I geek out about IP law, but I promise you it's not, it's not that boring. So the problem in the patent system is someone will invent a widget, they'll apply for a patent, and then you have this patent examiner who sits at a desk and gets these applications and has to look at the widgets and decide if they are new inventions or whether someone has ever come up with this idea previously in the world. So technically, they have to sift through all of the world's information to make that determination, which is impossible. And so the patent office ends up issuing tons of horrible patents that are a huge economic drag on the system. And the patent office could have said, okay, well, surely we can train an AI algorithm to do at least as good a job as these patent examiners. Um, they, the AI system won't do any worse, and if it does a little bit better, then we can, you know, fire all these people and save the money. Um, and instead, what they asked was, how can we use artificial intelligence to help the examiners do a better job? So how can we help the examiners find prior art, use AI to search through information, surface things, and let the humans focus on what they do best, which is make those judgment calls? So it's like, it's a small difference, but it's actually a huge difference. Are companies asking, can we automate away these pesky humans? Or how can we use technology to help people do a better job, be more productive, uh, focus on things that humans like to do and do well, and let the robots do the things that the robots do well, which tend to be the boring, rote, or dirty, dull, and dangerous things that humans don't like to do anyway. So there are choices that we can make, and the choices that companies make are also driven by a broader economic system. If we have a system that is very focused on short-term corporate profits, uh, that's not going to lend itself to companies investing heavily in retraining people or supporting workers. They're going to keep treating workers like commodities. So broader things uh, for us to be thinking about politically as well. So then what are the post-COVID AI, robotic, and automation ethics questions that we're not asking, but maybe we should? I think... Well, you know, the, most of the ethical questions that come to mind for me aren't necessarily about the robots themselves. Again, it's these broader societal questions. You know, are we investing in replacing care workers uh, now in, in like COVID, or are we investing in trying to help care workers? Um, there are questions around, can we help uh, support people socially with robots. This is something that is kind of a lesser known uh, thing that's happening, but in social robotics, there's a lot of um, 
uh, looking into whether robots can be a replacement for animal therapy or actually help with loneliness, which happens to be a huge problem. Loneliness is a health epidemic. People literally die of loneliness. And uh, I think there was a study that showed that loneliness was like more deadly than smoking 15 cigarettes a day or something. I'd have to look it up, but it, like really we, we underestimate this. And so can robots actually help with people's need for social connection. And this is a really, really controversial issue because a lot of people don't like the idea of you know, robots replacing human relationships. Um, but I don't think they replace human relationships so much as supplement where there's a need. Um, the same way that, you know, if you know your elderly aunt uh, doesn't have a lot of social connection, but gets a pet dog, you know, you would you would be sad and think that she should have more human connection, but you wouldn't take her dog away. You wouldn't you know, be worried about the fact that she has a dog. So in the same way, I think robots might be able to be a tool, but that's something that we still need to navigate as a society. Um, I think that it would be great to start using, there's this PARO baby seal robot that they use in nursing homes and with dementia patients. That would be a fantastic tool in this, you know, in the era of coronavirus to actually help people and give them something to touch that is comforting when they can't have any human contact. Um, so I, I am actually like very much in favor of this use of robotics, but it is controversial on a societal level. Kate, this is such a great topic for right now, especially as people are being quarantined and not able to leave and have interaction. I see those kinds of social uh, tweets and posts all the time. So thanks for educating us on this. Dr. Kate Darling, author, expert in robotic ethics and research specialist at the MIT Media Lab. If somebody wants to connect with you, Kate, uh, maybe they want to follow your work, how can they do that? Probably easiest on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. It's um, The handle is grok, G-R-O-K underscore. Thanks again, Kate. And find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.